sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid at the top of the hour. It's 1 o'clock on the East. Thanks for watching our show today. we got a lot to cover here on this hour, and I'm really excited that we're going to be breaking it all down for you right here on Fantasy Sports Today. So stay tuned to that as well. Uh, Gray Albright will join us a little bit later in the show. I always love hearing from Gray and getting his thoughts on fantasy baseball. Of course, he runs Razball.com. we got NFL news to go over. we got baseball news to go over as well. So uh, let's kick it right back in as we bring in my co-host Joe Pizzapia here for the second hour of the show. And Joe, uh, certainly we're going to go over some of the top stories, but the top story right now is more pausing in baseball, unfortunately, as two St. Louis Cardinals, uh, members of their team tested positive for coronavirus. As I reported a couple of hours ago, of course, uh, we're not going to release the names of those players because they did not give consent. So that's not something that I have done or will do. But needless to say, they've postponed today's game. And Joe, we're just going to have to keep an eye on this in the future. Uh, An additional Marlin uh, tested positive today, bringing their total to 20. And uh, no Philadelphia Phillies tested positive in terms of their players. So that's a significant sign for them, meaning they could probably get back to baseball soon. But Joe, like everything else, we're going to have to wait. And now the Cardinals are sort of having the spotlight on them. If it's two players and it's isolated, the game goes on. If it becomes more, we'll have to see what the next steps are. Yes, fluid is the key word here with everything when we're talking about this, because that's what it is. We know the Marlins also started out with one test, and now it's become, I can't even keep up. Was it 17 are we at now? Is that the official count? Uh, 20, yeah. 20. Okay, so we're up to 20 now officially with the Marlins. So uh, let's hope that it goes more the route of the Phillies or, or a quicker route that way uh, than the other direction towards the Marlins. But this is the waiting game, and this is part of what's going on and what's so difficult about playing fantasy right now, which is why I continue to say the pivot is if you want to get your fantasy baseball fix, there's some easy ways to do it over on FanDuel and playing daily. You just have to make sure that you're willing to pay attention to what's going on this late, pay attention to lineups, and basically be there all the way up until first pitch of the games. And even consider playing in late swap or we're isolating the slates between the early slate and the late slate too if, if it's just too much for you or maybe you're working and you're not you know hey you know what there's three or four games here on the night slate you could play that way i just think it's a better investment of your time and energy because you can control a little bit more as opposed to setting a lineup in the beginning of the week and then just basically hoping for the best that your players are actually playing games and not right. only that they're injured just that they're allowed to be actually be playing games which is really just killing lineups right now and killing season-long fantasy yeah, it, it is, but we sort of knew it would happen, and that's uh, the result of this. But uh, certainly football is next, and if you're playing season-long in any sport this year, you got to understand that you're up against it for sure, which is why the money aspect of it needs to come down significantly. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the headlines again on this Friday. We got uh, more NBA on tap, of course, but last night the NBA could not have, a, have had a better debut, in my opinion. Uh, Last-second shot going down to the end. Lakers beat the Clippers 103-101. Clippers covered that spread. Uh, and also as dogs, the Utah Jazz end up covering against the New Orleans Pelicans 106-104. Shane Bieber looks like the best pitcher in the American League right now. Hard to argue with all the strikeouts he's piled up, 13 in eight innings. 
Yankees down the Orioles. Their bats have come alive, and Stanton is hitting 500 at the start of the year, so this is a, a nice sign for him. And then uh, LaShawn McCoy ends up signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which now looks like at least uh, some possibility of him playing a little bit. Maybe he's the third string back in Tampa Bay. That could definitely be a possibility, but even with getting a handful of carries or catches, it's going to take away uh, from Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn and, and creating a situation in Tampa Bay probably to avoid. And we can start there in the second hour of the show, Joe. Yeah, that running back situation in Tampa is really muddy right now. It's very difficult. I, I don't think it, it really suits any of them. I think the biggest loser is probably Keyshawn Vaughn. And in terms of playing time and snaps, I would imagine when you bring in Tom Brady, the thing you want the most is a guy who's good at pass protecting. And that's something LaShawn McCoy actually does quite well, always has his career. He's a physical guy, always has been. And I think when you're protecting the investment of Tom Brady right now, if you're the Buccaneers, that makes the most sense. So I think in terms of seeing snaps, LaShawn McCoy is probably going to see the most snaps, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to translate into being a good fantasy back. I think it's standard leagues for some touchdowns near the goal line. Yeah, you might be able to figure that, but he's also got Rob Gronkowski there too, which is a real legitimate red zone threat. And I think really the only reason at this point that you would be looking at Rob Gronkowski as well. So very difficult there. And perhaps the biggest story of all, Craig, is Mike Trout, who is now on the paternity list. And that's something we barely even got to touch on because it's, again, we went from zero to 100 here in the world of sports. We didn't get our 55. We didn't get our 60. We have a speeding ticket right now. We've gone directly from zero to 100. And now we don't know how long Mike Trout is going to be out and when or how he is going to come back. And there's a real question there for everybody in fantasy. Yeah, no, and, and not having Trout is certainly interesting. Otani came alive a little bit last night, so maybe that's a, a good sign for them offensively. Otani is pitching every Sunday this baseball season, so um, you know maybe that's a, a positive sign for him, and um, and and also a positive sign I think yesterday for college football. Although I don't know how or where they're actually going to play their games this season. But the SEC, as we welcome in our radio listeners, has decided that they're going to open up the 2020 season, Joe, on September 26th, which is a first for me in my history of watching football because that means the college football season is going to start after the NFL season. But uh, college Mm -hmm. football, I would say probably just as much or more problematic trying to get kids on a football field of some kind. Uh, The smart decision in my mind by the Southeastern Conference was eliminating all of the non-conference games, just playing a conference schedule. They'll only have one week off at the end of the uh, college football season to the SEC championship. But just like everything else, we're sort of guessing that all of these things are going to happen and all of these things are going to be played. Uh, But it does affect uh, wagering. It does affect futures and it affects everything else. The SEC is uh, the clear cut conference in college football and the most popular one and where the coaches make the most money and where the most players in the NFL come out of. So SEC plans on playing and we'll just have to see what happens in two months. Yeah, happy birthday to me on September 26th. I get college football. How nice. Not what a nice cool. little present for me. Um, but this is a very difficult thing, though, because obviously you've got you know kids here and not professionals. Yep, for sure. And we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia, as it's time to take a look at some of the games going on in Major League Baseball today. As we mentioned earlier, in case you're just joining us, uh, another game postponed in baseball due to two members testing positive for COVID-19. The St. Louis Cardinals not going to be able to play against the Milwaukee Brewers. Hopefully they'll be able to resume their games this weekend. Baseball has discussed the idea of playing doubleheaders, but playing seven-inning doubleheaders instead of nine. So another caveat is as we go, just it changes as we go for the 2020 uh, baseball season. Hopefully it will be able to continue. Uh, who would have thought that we would see Yankees-Red Sox and and that game tonight, which is a, a, always a marquee game in baseball, but essentially it's really not when you consider the lackluster performance that the Red Sox have had out of the gate, the lack of pitching they have. Their hitting is clearly not what it was now that they've lost Mookie Betts. And, and the Yankees are just a huge favorite tonight on FanDuel. They're minus 200 against the Sox, which is not something we've seen through the years very often. As Jordan Montgomery gets a start for the Yanks and Weber starts for Boston, they really, Boston at this stage is just down to their 10th and 11th best starting pitcher. And the total tonight is 11 in this game, Joe. So, I mean, any shot that maybe the Red Sox catch lightning in a bottle, anything can happen in one game. We see it every night in baseball. A lot of plus 200s are hitting and plus 180s are hitting. But the Red Sox are just really up against it the entire season. They are up against it. Uh, there is Jordan Montgomery pitching tonight uh, for the Yankees, and Montgomery does have a lot of upside, but that's the problem. It's just upside. We don't know exactly who he's going to be when he shows up today, and uh, we all know that there's a formidable Red Sox lineup out there that can get into a slugfest. It'll also be fascinating to see because we're used to these classic four-hour games with the Yankees and Red Sox and with some other rule changes now in terms of relief pitchers going in and just you know having to actually face X number of batters at a time. Hopefully that'll trim some of that time off a game like this, but you would imagine, regardless, we're going to get into bullpens probably early and often in this one would be my guess. And that leads to a lot of unknown. I think that's something you have to keep in mind when you're looking at wagering on this game tonight, because it's not going to be decided by the starting pitchers tonight. I can tell you that right now, that is not this kind of game, not the way it's shaping up. And look, these offenses can hit and it's going to be in Yankee Stadium, another hitter friendly environment, which we all know. And if you want to get involved in this game from a daily game, you could stack it without a doubt on both sides and probably play it as a pivot to what's going on. In Colorado if you want to get some good offense because I think there will be a fair amount of that tonight because neither of these guys are going to go six innings. That would be really surprising on my end. In terms of the total 11, I actually think that's what the total is telling you, too. It's telling you this is a game you want to invest in from a daily standpoint because there's going to be some runs, and the good news is these guys are somewhere between $500 to $1,000 cheaper per, at, per, per hitter as opposed to some of the bigger marquee matchups, like I said, Colorado. Yeah, the total is 11, and Yankees-Red Sox has a lot of history of a lot of scoring. The game in London last year in particular was one that went way over the total, so uh, maybe look for another over tonight in tonight's game between New York and Boston. Could be. All right, let's move out to the West Coast and touch on the NL West where we have the Colorado Rockies as a light favorite tonight against the San Diego Padres, and the total, of course, at Coors is always going to be in the 10-11 range. This one's 11 and a half. Garrett Richards makes his second start of the season, looked pretty good in his first, and same for John Gray of the Rockies. And Colorado, through a week and a half of the season, has gotten off to a great start, which is almost what they do every year, get off to really good starts. And that's what they have done right here. Uh, line is basically telling you it's a pick em game. Uh, at cores, of course, on the DFS side, there's always going to be a lot of opportunities, but I, I don't know what kind of success Garrett Richards could have. Uh, San Diego's bullpen is definitely built better for this game than Colorado's, but the Rockies are the hot team right now, Joe. 
They are. Marquez had a good start the other day, and so is John Gray. And um, look, in this one today, you have options, which is nice. If you don't want to pay up for the big names like Blackman and Arenado and guys like that, and I think Charlie Blackman is the guy, particularly in this game against Richards, that you would worth paying up for that lefty-righty matchup, and especially Richards and the, what his pitch selection is compared to what Blackman likes to do. All that all kind of falls into place. However, you also look at this lineup. It's very left-handed heavy, too, which could be a very long day for Garrett Richards. We're talking about even at the bottom of this order, too, when you go through Murphy you go through potentially if Tapia is in there and got McMahon, you got Hilliard. This is just riddled with lefties up and down this order for Richards to deal with. And then the only guys that aren't left-handed are Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado, who last time I checked are not easy outs. So I love the Garrett Richards story. I am rooting for him this year because I think he's a good pitcher and I think he's had a tough, tough slog here for the last year and change. And I just don't think tonight's the night that you want to be getting involved with him. It's just always a tough assignment in Colorado, especially loaded up with those lefty bats. To me, this is Colorado's game to win or lose. And uh, looking at that total 11 and a half, once again, this tells you this is a game you want to be involved in. You can get involved as well as the San Diego side of this one uh, with Machados and Tatis and guys like that. But it's that second part of that San Diego lineup that is a little hit and miss. And I think that's where I favor the Colorado side tonight. Well, a uh, couple of good, interesting games there. We have about uh, eight more games on the slate tonight, one of which is the Dodgers, who have been as good as any team in baseball out of the gate, against the Diamondbacks, who have really struggled out of the gate. And Tony Gonsolin tonight will start against Zach Gallen. Gallen was pretty good in his first start, but a little wild, and so we'll see uh, what that results uh, tonight. Uh, I would tell you this, and this is really something that you can see very clearly in uh, in sports and in general is that when these games are uh, you know really meaning so much, it's time to start calling up players. And the Arizona Diamondbacks have decided that the time is now to call up one of their top prospects in Dalton Varsha. And it's interesting that Varsha was a name that I heard about a couple of years ago, but thought that he was years away from getting to the big leagues. And here we are in 2020. And in all likelihood, when you see the lineups come out later on on FanDuel, you're going to notice that Dalton Varsho is uh, going to be in their starting lineup tonight. It would not surprise me at all. They don't call up these young kids to not play, but the Diamondbacks are 2-5, and five, and they're playing the Dodgers. <laughs> so they need to win. They can't keep losing and, and losing ground in the National League West because not every team is going to make the postseason. Varsho is 24 years old. He's a little bit older there, of course. He had 18 home runs last year. His OBP was phenomenal, and the Diamondbacks are very into analytics, and that's sort of where that was. He came up as a catcher. But he's also played the outfield, and he's also played third base, and I, and I believe he's going to play all over the field for them. How he's going to do is certainly anybody's guess, Joe, and we're going to hear from uh, Varsho here in just a minute. But this is, is sort of a different part of the baseball season where you're seeing the panic button being pressed. The Diamondbacks are 2-5. and five. They play the Dodgers if they lose all three. They're not done, but their chance, their odds of winning the division at that point would seem to be pretty much done and because 30% of the season is going to be over next week. So I would, I would think, Joe, that this is going to be a player that at least the Diamondbacks are going to take a good look at, and if so, he immediately becomes somebody to pick up in fantasy. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and again, the versatility is very important. The OBP is a good sign for at least a guy, especially in points leagues, that can get on base and not hurt you with strikeouts. But uh, I watched some of that game last night and I saw Robbie Ray continue to work on this new delivery of his. I don't know if he's going to scrap it or not, but last night was not pretty for him. And it's putting them in a bad spot right now because you want to stick with something you're working on. But at the same time, when you're not having the results, it's hard mentally. You might want to abandon that and go back to what works, especially in a contract year. It's kind of strange to me he's trying to do this. Yeah, and uh, Dalton Varsho, if his name sounds familiar and you were a baseball fan back in the 80s, his dad was Gary Varsho, who played for the Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs and played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Dalton Varsho was asked if uh, his dad gave him any advice when he got called up. Uh, actually, I'm not. That's that's actually a very good question. I've never I've never talked about it. I've always talked about the experiences that he, he has learned from other guys and uh, being uh, under Jim Leland for so many years. I mean, he was such a great manager that – uh, the stories that he told were, were, were really incredible and they've helped me. And, and so, Joe, uh, another pipeline, it's interesting in baseball, all the, all the players that we grew up watching in the 80s and the 90s are now all having their sons. And it's like, I remember two years ago when I heard the name the first time, uh, somebody said, like, I, I asked for a future fantasy sleeper years ago and, and somebody said Dalton Varsho to me. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if that's the son of Gary. But yeah, it is the son of Gary Varsho and he's a catcher. Um, Look, maybe there's something here. I love the lightning in a bottle story, so maybe Varsho gets off to a good start. I mean, Gonsolin is not the Dodgers' best pitcher, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, look, it, it means we're old is what it means. When you start seeing yeah. all these guys that we watch as kids, having kids playing, it means we're old. And maybe the best takeaway from this season is getting to see some of these kids play the game in a little youthful exuberance. And I think that is not a bad thing at all, especially from a fantasy point of view, too. A lot of people want to see these guys don't get to see minor league games as much. And now you're getting to see them on the major league level and at least get more aware of them in your dynasty and deeper league. So that's a good thing from that perspective, at least. So some positive can be had today. Yep, Varsho is is definitely worth a pickup this weekend if you are on that fantasy baseball train. Stay on it. Coming up next, we got waiver wire ads for the weekend. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. came from behind with an Aaron Judge three-run homer in the ninth inning to beat the Orioles 8-6. Cleveland behind Shane Bieber, 2-0 victory. Bieber has 13 strikeouts in the contest, currently 2-0 with a 0 ERA. The Red Sox beat the Mets 4-2. Rays lost to the Braves 2-1. Royals over the Tigers 5-3. Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 6-3. Mariners over the Angels 8-5. The Padres in 10 innings beat the Giants 12-7. The Cubs and Reds were postponed. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. It may have taken a few months moving down to Orlando, a bubble, but the NBA is back, and we had two great games kicking off the rest of the regular season as we ramp up towards the playoffs. The Utah Jazz outlasted the New Orleans Pelicans 106-104. Brandon Ingram with a shot near the buzzer that rattled in and out again. Would have won the game for the Pelicans. Rudy Gobert, double-double, 14 points, 12 rebounds. Off the bench, Jordan Clarkson, 23 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. For the Pelicans, Zion Williamson, just back from being outside the bubble, played just 15 minutes. He did have 13 points, no rebounds, and an assist. 
The Pels were led by Brendan Ingram, 23 points, 8 boards. The nightcap was a great one as well with the Lakers getting by the L.A. Clippers 103-101. to LeBron James and Anthony Davis did it, combining for 50 points. Really, Anthony Davis' show, 34 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. LeBron had a double-double near Triple-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists as the Lakers outlast the Clippers 103-101. to On Friday, six more games. Orlando against Brooklyn. Memphis takes on Portland. Phoenix and Washington will play at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Boston is against Eastern Conference leading Milwaukee. Sacramento takes on San Antonio. And it's a battle of Texas in Orlando. Houston taking on Dallas. In Major League Baseball, Mike Trout has, in fact, been added to the paternity list. His wife was due in August. Typically, paternity list is three days long. We'll see if Trout is back after that or if this is a longer stay away from the team. Finals from around Major League Baseball on Thursday night. Some big scores, as always, in Major League Baseball. The Nationals beat the Blue Jays 6-4 in a game that was a Blue Jays home game at National Park. The Yankees came from behind with an Aaron Judge three-run homer in the ninth inning to beat the Orioles 8-6. Cleveland behind Shane Bieber. 2-0 victory. Bieber has 13 strikeouts in the contest, currently 2-0 with a 0 ERA. The Red Sox beat the Mets 4-2. Rays lost to the Braves 2-1. Royals over the Tigers 5-3. Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 6-3. Mariners over the Angels 8-5. The Padres in 10 innings beat the Giants 12-7. The Cubs and Reds were postponed. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As Joe and I have you here until 2 o'clock Eastern, make sure you stay tuned a little bit later. You're going to stay on the grid for Scott Farrell breaking down all of the NBA and Major League Baseball as well. But for those of you who are on this fantasy baseball ride with us here in 2020, it's time to take a look at some potential waiver wire pickups. And certainly there's a couple of caveats with this, especially those of you who are watching on demand. Keep in mind, The baseball season is changing very, very quickly. And so things that are valid right now for you as you watch live may not be valid even two hours later. In fact, uh, I did a pod, I did my own podcast earlier today, uh, Swings and Mishes. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't know that even a lot of the stuff I did on that is relevant at this point too, with just the way that baseball is changing, but uh, work is work and you got to do it. And so uh, Joe, let's take a look at some potential waiver wire ads for you this weekend, players that you may want to go over to, Uh, your fantasy website, wherever you're playing, and consider adding. Yeah, and this is a look at some of the most added guys so far uh, this week getting into the weekend. And once again, as Craig said, take this with a grain of salt because there's going to be more opportunities for other players who are going to pop up that we didn't even expect who are going to be owned. So keep an eye on it on Saturday and Sunday. But right now, heading into it, uh, just 36% roster uh, rostered is Kiki Hernandez, who with Gavin Lux, not there yet. Uh, and I say yet because I still feel as though he's going to also keep an eye out for Gavin Lux, who was dropped in a lot of leagues. I would probably pick him up as well. But look, with just 36% ownership percentage of uh, Kiki Hernandez, I think he's worth an ad, especially because of the flexibility. And there's one thing we've learned this week. You need flexibility in your rosters in fantasy, especially in those daily transaction leagues. You got to find somebody who's getting at bats, somebody who can plug in in different spots and play. Uh, Brady Singer of the Kansas City Royals, another guy we've talked about on the show this week. You heard him actually speak on the show too. Uh, just 26% rostered, and uh, I would say this is another guy too. I I expect him to stick for a while, just based on need of what Kansas City is right now. Uh, Christian Javier, we've also discussed quite a bit. This one actually kind of shocked me, Craig. It'll make you feel better too about. 
about not adding him last week. Just 26% in terms of how many rosters he's on right now. So this is your opportunity to get him your last opportunity. I would pay the premium for him. We'll get into prices in a bit here. And the last is Dansby Swanson, who's at the top of the leaderboard right now in terms of hits and runs. And this is a guy who all of a sudden is starting to emerge as kind of the player people want him to be three or four years ago and maybe better late than never. But at least right now, Dansby Swanson is a guy worth adding as a hot bat if he's still on the uh, waiver wire. And look, he's only owned in just a little over half leagues. So that's kind of shocking when I saw that number. Yeah, no, um, it's, I mean, Swanson is definitely a player at this point and somebody that I think that you could take a shot on and the shortstop pool is uh, is very, very thin. And so that's mm-hmm. part of, you know, the equation here. Um, I think also, uh, you know, it's interesting really for me, uh, I watched Brady Singer pitch at the University of Florida and always thought that he had a chance to be a star. And now that Kansas City is hitting a little bit, eh, I mean, look, I mean, if, if the offense is there, no doubt. Um, and in terms of Christian Javier, I mean, like, I that's, I'm just... Very upset. <laughs> I don't have him. It's going to be the rest of just... the year for you. I could tell. Oh, every time no you see him I mean, pitch, that, every that, time something's going to happen, you're going to say, "I could have." Well, look, you could still get. Yeah, well, I'm going to unload. I'm unloading all the fab this week. I'm unloading it all for him. But I need hitting in a couple of leagues too, so it's not it's not that clear. I'm I'm going to have to completely redo my roster. I mean, everyone knows who's on my roster. The best Marlins because I feel like I know them. The best Philly. He hasn't played all week long. You know, it's like Cardinals. Okay, I got those guys too. It's like I'm. All the things that I feel like I know the best are are out, but that's that's possible. All right, now in terms of of budget, most leagues, not all, but most leagues, if you don't know fantasy, what they have is that they give you uh, monopoly money essentially, and there's a certain amount of money that you get allocated, and based on that money, you can choose to pick up a player with it or not. There are some leagues that you could just stay up until four in the morning and and play the first come first serve game i played that for many many years in fantasy where you hear something and then you go and click Uh, but to make the even playing field in most leagues the way that it works is on a sunday night you have to go into your budget and pick up players and so uh you know let's go back into this again here joe in terms of a hundred dollar budget for these players um and how much we would spend yeah, this is one of the questions I get asked so frequently is how much do I spend on this guy? How much? And again, this is relative. So if you have a thousand dollar budget, let's say, then you just kind of scale the percentages accordingly. Uh, for Kiki, I think this is a useful player. I would spend somewhere between four and six bucks with a hundred dollar budget. I wouldn't go crazy because, again, I do think we're going to see Gavin Lux. And at that point, I don't think he's going to get as many at bats. But in the current state, having a player like this that's flexible. And again, I'll put the caveat on there. If you're missing players, multiple players, you might want to pay a little bit more. Maybe it's that six to eight or even to $10 range just to have a live body who's getting at-bats. Brady Singer, I would be in the $15 to $20 range. I'm going to be aggressive on the pitchers here because I don't know how long we're going to be playing baseball, so as long as we're playing, I'm going to be aggressive, try to get guys I think can help. I don't know how many wins are in his future, but I think from a strikeouts and a ratio standpoint, he can be decent enough. Yes, the Royals have hit this year, but they've also played some lesser opponents as they start to play bigger teams like the Twins, like the Indians. This could be a rougher stretch for him, so just keep that in mind. Javier... Mm -hmm. Even more aggressive, potentially, this. I would put 25 to 30, which is almost basically a third. If you are really hurting for pitching, you've lost already, let's say, Justin Verlander. You've lost some other players like that. Players and teams that aren't playing. Man, you could be really aggressive here. You could push this all the way to 35 or 40 if you want to. And I know that's almost half your budget. But guess what? We've only got 60 games. And if this guy can be a front-of-the-rotation starter for you and make eight, nine starts for you, it's worth that kind of investment 
got to find somebody when they're useful, and you don't want to be on somebody else's team either. And Dansby Swanson, I think, can get for 10 to 15. I'd be a little bit more aggressive for him, too, because he is the everyday guy there at shortstop. So if he has finally clicked, if things are going to go well for him over this stretch for the 60 games, this is a player you already know has a job, and I think that's worth paying for. So that would be my approach when you're looking at exactly how much to spend out of that 100. And once again, if you have a $1,000 budget, whatever that is, just scale the percentages, and that'll give you at least indication of the range, and then take into account what your roster looks like and what your needs are. And if you have to put more of a premium, then you do it. Yeah, and in the case of Christian Javier, as we take a look at his numbers from last year, I mean, they're eye-popping. 1.98 earn run average, 0.97 whip, uh, you know, a ton of strikeouts per nine, also a little bit higher on the walks, but he didn't do it against a really good team, so that was a good sign there. And and the point that, that I'll make as we bring in uh, later Gray Albright here on the show is that, uh, you know, the other tactic, Joe, and I don't, I don't know if this is wise or not, and... You know, certainly there, you can poke holes at any sort of theory or narrative, but here was kind of my thinking uh, for the weekend uh, for people who are playing in 12 team leagues or 14 team leagues. I would be very cognizant of the players that are dropped around the league if you can repick them back up that are on Philadelphia and Miami and potentially some of these missed games. And not because they're going to play right away, but because they're going to be forced in a situation that they're going to play more games than everybody else the rest of the way. And if counting stats are going to be important in some way, you may get those seven-inning doubleheaders and may be able to take advantage of just some counting numbers when they do come back. Now, again, the talent level for Miami is going to be poor. We understand that. So you'd have to wade through some of the players who uh, are available to you and are going to be playing when they come back next weekend. But, Joe, I also think that goes for the Phillies, too, uh, like uh, Hasley in the outfield and, and maybe, you know, in a deeper league, Gene Segura's unowned. You may want to grab him because they're going to play more than some guys that you have on the roster just by sheer volume of having to try and get to 55 or 60 games. Yeah, uh, to that point as well, I'll also throw a caveat on here. Let's talk about uh, some of the bullpens, too. Uh, Edwin Diaz, I think, is in serious trouble. So it's time to be proactive here. Throw three or four bucks on Familia and Batances. Try to get both of them and see which is the guy, because every save you get is worth something this year. So if you even get them for a week or two, and that's their job before they try Diaz again, that's another thing to consider. So be, again, if you can, be proactive, not reactive. That way you don't spend up more of your budget. But you're absolutely right about the counting stats and trying to get as much volume as you can. And I would also pay attention to the guys who are dropped out of necessity. There's going to be a lot of players dropped because people are looking for healthy bodies. You see Gavin Lux dropped. You also see uh, Mike fulton Evich was the most dropped guy because he was DFA'd, but shockingly he ended up back with the braves which is not something we've even addressed today uh, but uh was something well, that because I was he, he, your he can't, yeah but yeah because he's uh he's in big trouble you know he's just not he can't throw hard anymore there's an issue so yeah I no one's gonna somebody else's a reclamation project in these circumstances wouldn't just jump at the chance to just see so i guess that tells you all you need to know there but it's shocking because just two years ago this was a guy that emerged as a front of the rotation starter, now he's DFA just a year and a half later, and it's just it's it's crazy how maybe quickly hurt. things can change. Yeah. yeah, he may be hurt. I mean, I think that's pretty evident. If if you if you don't want him for free, he's got to be hurt. Uh, there's got to be something wrong with him. Um, also, I mean, I had no awareness at all of James Karinchak on the uh, on the Cleveland Indians, and maybe that's just a bad job by me. But uh, he is the closer of the Indians now, so that's another name 
to keep an eye on. They're using Brad Hand in the seventh and eighth, and, and it looks like they're going to use Karinchak in the ninth, and his strikeouts per nine are off the charts. I saw some mm-hmm. people discussing him, and I saw the ninth inning that he pitched yesterday. He's already appeared in three of their games and finished two. So if you're looking for saves, eight saves, nine saves over the course of the season, Cleveland's pitching seems pretty good. Uh, Joe James Karinchak, who... Again, my awareness level on him wasn't very high until uh, this year, and certainly he looks great thus far. Four innings pitched, five strikeouts. Last year, five innings pitched, eight strikeouts. He's a bullpen guy with with some really nasty stuff. Yeah, him and Drake, uh, two guys I'm sure are going to be very heavily targeted in waiver wires this weekend, and they should be. Once again, you have to find the saves where you can get them. I don't know how long these guys are going to hold their jobs, but while they're getting them, you have to try to trace them, and, and it's tough to chase. It's very difficult. I get it. You feel like you might be chasing your tail when all is said and done, but if you get five or six saves out of them and then they lose a job or they make a change, at least you got those saves in Roto Leagues, and at least you can kind of move on to the next guy and the next guy because inevitably there will be a next guy. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We got the uh, very effervescent uh, Ray Albright who uh, will join us next. Is Christian Yelich a bounce-back candidate? Kyle Lewis legit. We'll ask those questions next on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today, our good friend Gray Albright. You can follow him on Twitter, at Razball. The fantasy baseball season is in full swing. I know Gray's in a couple of leagues. I'm in a couple as well. I'm not sure if we should have been calling them leagues this year. <laughs> They're more or less setups with players that you hope are playing or not. Gray, it is always great to see you here on this Friday. How are you? You know what? I didn't, I, I'm not usually a big fan of head-to-head leagues, but this year it is a head-to-head league in every league because you have one guy – and you have another guy, and those are the head-to-head, and that's it. You have two players for each team. That's it. <laughs> There's your head-to-head. Yeah. yeah. No, it's. I mean, it, we, we knew – I mean, listen, you've been at this so long, and I think we both – I mean, I, I hate to grandstand and say we nailed it, but we pretty much nailed this from the beginning. Like, this is exactly – what I thought it was going to be, what you thought it was going to be. even It's even worse than we thought it was going to be, but pretty much to this degree. But we, we do have baseball, and we focus so much on the time that we didn't have. I feel like for this uh, segment today, let's focus on the time that we do have. Uh, I'll throw a few players uh, out out at you that have either gotten off to hot starts or bad starts, and we'll sort of dive into them. Uh, on this show, one player in particular, Gray, I'm really curious their thoughts because they're rookies, and you never know how rookies are going to pan out. But Kyle Lewis on Seattle. Now, I, I don't know where you had him going into the season, and we have seen stories like this before. A player comes up, hits a lot of home runs, he's hitting 400, then falls apart. But, Gray, it's 60 games here, and so – what do you see anything with this kid? Is this like I don't I don't ever want to say a sell high in a sixty game scenario, but is this a player you like that you've seen so far? Do you have him anywhere? Is is he on a waiver wire for you somewhere? Okay, a couple of things. So first of all, with the uh, buying low and selling high, I feel like in this season, 
you just got to ride out hot streaks and not worry about like crying. Like, especially in like a redraft league. In a keeper league, it's a different story. You're trying to build for the future. That's fine. But in like a redraft league, like some of these questions I field on Razball, I get, and they're like these trade questions. And I'm like, what are you trading <laughs> right now? Right now. <laughs> just be happy you have someone who is playing. You right. know? So, so anyway, with Kyle Lewis, actually, my first waiver wire column of the year, my lead guy to buy for every single league was Kyle Lewis. Yeah, okay. I love Kyle Lewis. I am like the biggest Kyle Lewis fan. I feel like he not only has he been like forgotten because he was once a top prospect. He like he was a guy who was like, wow, this guy can hit like. 425 feet, like easily, such a beautiful swing. He's got some speed. This is going to be great. And then he got injured a few times and he sort of like battled strikeouts a little bit and he fell off. But then like last year, he started to click again. And, you know, a lot of people will look at his minor league numbers and in the minor leagues, he didn't hit many homers, but that's because he was in one of the worst pitchers parks. Mm. So he was still developing and he looked really good last year. And then he got called up and he hit like six or seven homers in the matter of like 12 games. And everyone was like, huh, that's weird. He only hit six homers in a hundred games in the minor leagues. And now he hit six homers in 12 games for the Mariners. But it's there. The power is real. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a star, not just this year, but like going forward. I really like Kyle Lewis a lot. All right, good. I'm, I'm glad I brought him up. Uh, on the flip side, the the top few picks in fantasy, Gray, to this point, yeah, very early on, but very early, we're already, you know, 20% of the season is done. Uh, <laughs> but in our April, <laughs> essentially in our April, uh, most of the top picks have not delivered thus far. And a couple of days ago, we discussed some of them. Uh, going back uh, to the summer camp, uh, Christian Yelich, according to the reporters, really didn't look good at all. And boy, you, you see those at-bats that people are posting on social media. Uh, I mean, he looks off a little bit. And I mean, it, it, a week more and it is sort of panic time for him. Remember, he didn't have spring training at all and didn't have an end to last year, I guess. But I also don't want to overreact because I know this guy can hit 15 home runs in a week. Right. Yeah, no, it's so hard. It's like a balance between expecting a player to uh, play up to its own his own uh, potential or just having a guy who's slumping so bad and not being able to cut him like a like a Christian Yelich. It's a uh, it's a tough situation. I do think he'll come out of it because, you know, most players end up coming out of it. If they're good, they're good and they'll be fine. But it is a struggle. Like I was looking today at like Michael Taylor on the uh, Nationals. Mm -hmm. He hit his second homer today. And I'm like, well, I could have had him in the first round instead of Juan Soto. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, what? like, so that's I mean, but, you know, the uh, the germ of that is like you look at a, uh, a germ of <laughs> saying germ maybe isn't yeah, the right yeah, yeah, thing yeah. right now. But the uh, the germ of the idea there is true, because if you look at like all your teams, you should be playing this as if it's a daily DFS league. Like, don't look at like long term. Just look at like right now. And if Michael Taylor is hitting right now, then he's interesting. Uh, Christian Yelich isn't hitting. I would hold on to him because he has the potential. But like after maybe say, I don't know, the top 50 to 75 players overall at that point, like you got to start cutting guys if they're not hitting. Like I'm already like, you know, like for instance, We'll take another guy, Oscar Mercado, who I liked a lot coming into this year, but he's hitting ninth and he's not hitting. 
and he's not even playing every day. So you got to look at a guy like that and you got to be like, mm, I don't know how much longer you can hold someone like that in most shallower mixed leagues. Yeah. I mean, we should have just cut everybody right after the draft. You know? <laughs> we should have had a cut right there. All right. I'll take, you know, uh, 25 Oscar Mercado. Anybody? Oh, I would like to cut Oscar Mercado. <laughs> right after the draft. Exactly. That's Why are you even bothering with drafts? Just pick up guys off of waivers every day. It doesn't I, I matter. This is, this is sort of like maybe too generic, but I, I know that you follow it as close as anybody. But is there, I mean, I feel like I'm not asking the right question, but is there another topic or subject within the first week or and a half of the of the fantasy season, a player or two, um, you know, that you have or not. Like I have just guys not playing all over my roster, and you know, I, I really don't know how this is all going to end. But is there like a a solid performer or an underperformer thus far that surprised you that somebody you like or not? Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot of guys. I really, you know, I was looking at like guys like uh, Plesac. Uh, I liked a lot um, Zach Plesac. I. Uh, also, really, you know, like any guys like Rich Hill, obviously, uh, has a lot of heat on him right now um, because he can be good in 50 games. I mean, excuse me, 60 games, 50 innings or so. Like right. a, also like a Matt Shoema- uh, Shoemaker, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of guys that like you you look at and you're like, can he be good in a really short period of time? Like That's all I need right now. And there's a there's a few of them like that, like the, like those pitchers I mentioned. And then there's also guys on the other flip side of that, like a Mercado who I just mentioned, or a like a Scott Kingery uh, who hasn't, who's unfortunately with the Phillies and hasn't been playing. So it's like even if he were really, if he came out of the box like next Monday and he was really good. How much is he really doing? Like a guy like that, it's like, well, I mean, I kind of have to drop him. I can't wait through the weekend because that is like a tenth of the season. I don't have time for to be it's waiting. True. Yeah, you know, you know the interesting dynamic of this for people who are playing in the roto league. Somebody had mentioned this, and I, you know, honestly didn't think of it. It was like on Sunday, uh, they were saying everybody who cuts all the Marlins and all the Phillies because of the playing time, pick them all up because they're going to play more games than everybody else the rest of the season. Do you really care about anything else except for the playing time? And I was like, wow, you know, I mean, actually, actually the counting numbers. Um, yeah, no, I mean, maybe with some of the counting stats, possibly with the uh, the Phillies. The but Phillies. So, yeah. I mean, everything is so so unknown right now i kind of want to hear an eta on a return date before i'm getting excited about teams who aren't playing like they say the phillies you know are sitting out like this weekend okay everyone wants to hope for the best and hopefully they're back on monday but what if that gets pushed like another couple days like i'm not like i'm not relying on you know guessing that guys are going to be back at a certain date it's just a mess Yeah, I mean, the Phillies, guess who the Phillies are supposed to play on Tuesday? The Marlins. Exactly. Yeah, I know, exactly. Okay, yeah. well, good luck with that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. No, I, I think that it's, uh, look, it's it's a fair point on the cut part, uh, but, you know, we're trying to decipher all the way through this. When, when you see that a player is out uh, because of the undisclosed, I mean, I, I suppose at this point you almost have to think about cutting them right away because you know at some point in the next two days they're going on the injured list you don't you're not out with undisclosed and come back right away right like that hasn't happened yet oh yeah no i mean mike moustakis was uh oh that's true he did come right back right yeah but uh, yeah no for the most part it is like it's a little bit hairy i i feel like you have to wait for a positive test and for actual news that says someone is sick otherwise 
a guy could have the sniffles like Moustakis go on the IL for a couple of days, get a negative test and be like, oh, I guess it was just the sniffles, you know? Right. All right. Let's let's end with saves. Uh, mm. Jimenez has got a bunch. Oh, Jimenez man. has got a bunch. If you could tell me uh, where Oliver Drake uh, grew up, I have no idea. I never heard of that guy until this year. He's, he's oh, the man. leader of Tampa. You know, like, I look at my closers, and I'm just happy if I get, like, one save a every a three week. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like, yes. wow. I know. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, Oliver Drake. He looks like he's the closer now. I'll pick him up. And now he's throwing in the sixth inning. Okay, goodbye, Oliver Drake. Hey, Sergio Romo's closing a game. The next day he's throwing in the seventh. Okay, goodbye, Sergio Romo. I, uh, I don't really know right now. Like, I think – there's a, uh, you know, in April of most years, bullpens are a mess. So that's just times 10 at this point, because there's no reason for managers to keep guys in the ninth inning. They can pitch them wherever and they should actually, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think so. All right. Uh, let, let's close out with this uh, as we head into the weekend of, of baseball and fantasy baseball uh, in terms of pitchers, Greg, pitchers who have impressed you thus far. Uh, a handful of guys have made two starts. We've seen some of the young guys, the rookies, Pearson, Christian Javier, to to me, looks like a star. Um, any anybody in particular, uh, pitching wise, that's impressed you thus far? Yeah, well, I mentioned Plesac before. Pearson looked amazing. He did look great. I I was really. I mean, you know, a guy is pitching well when the opposing batters are making faces like, oh, oh, <laughs> like they like as Drupal Cabrera at one point was like, oh, oh, all right, well, I guess I'm not hitting anything tonight, and uh, uh, Keyboom had a similar reaction. So yeah, I mean, Pearson looked awesome. Javier looked awesome. I don't think we're going to see Spencer Howard anymore because. Uh, the Phillies no, no. need Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola and no one else at this point. Like, you know, it's like if you play two games a week, you just throw your aces. Yeah. Yeah. No, my I, you know, when I did a, a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago with Don Mattingly and it was met with a little cynicism on his part, um, I suggested to him, you know, what do you think about just having the pitchers pitch the game and then just getting them the bleep out of there and sending them home? And and he said uh, at the time, and, and I'm, I'm not holding him accountable for this because it has nothing to do with it, but he said at the time, no, because of camaraderie, you want the guy there and on the road. And I'm like, are you nuts? Like, <laughs> like, like, you're like, like DeGrom's not traveling anymore, I guess, on the road when he's not pitching. And, and, and honestly, that should be the way it is with every starting pitcher. They should pitch the game gray and they should send them home until the end of the season. Then you could high five and do camaraderie. But for right now, pitching is the lifeline of every Major League Baseball team. And if you lose two or three... If you can find a position player somewhere, you're not getting a starting pitcher. I mean, that's that's, yeah. you, that's they're not getting starting that, pitchers. Anyway. That actually, like, real quick, uh, Fultian Nuevich got right. No one wanted him. Like that's how bad he must be. <laughs> My gosh, right? Yeah, like he looked, he looked awful in the in the exhibition game. He was throwing like eighty nine. I know, uh, but, like the, but no one no one wanted to pick him up for free. I mean, right? That's, I know, that's, like the Royals only have two starters. Like they're yeah. calling up. Uh, uh, Bodic and it's yeah. like wow, like That's they're it. calling up guys from high A, and and Fulton Davis is just sitting there, sitting there. All right, great. Thanks again for coming on. I wish you a great weekend. Thank you so much always for being part of our show. Really appreciate it. Follow Gray over at at Razball and see all of his great work and funny work at Razball.com. Thanks again, Gray. Thank you. All right, Gray Albright with us. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today, right after this. So don't go away. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And as we wrap up this week on Fantasy Sports Today, it has definitely been one of the more interesting ones that we have had right here on SportsGrid. And I am sure that it'll be a lot more fun and a lot more interesting as we pick the show back up on Monday at noon. But before we get out of here, let's turn it over to Joe's Pizapia. Sorry, Joe, I got your name wrong there. Go figure that one. Joe Pizapia, my mind is elsewhere at the moment. Um, sorry about that. Let's turn it over to Joe. Much easier. And uh, he has the sports grid fixed. I apologize for that one. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, a lot of stories this week, and one that got buried in the leads were uh, the passing of uh, John McNamara, baseball lifer, a uh, baseball manager of the California Angels and the Boston Red Sox, who was one out away from breaking the curse. And one out basically made him uh, potentially a, a one of the great stories of baseball of all time and potentially a Boston legend. But because they couldn't get that one out, Unfortunately, it didn't go that way for John McNamara and the Red Sox for quite some time. So it's just amazing to think how one out can possibly change a baseball lifer's legacy. Yeah, and uh, and certainly rest in peace there. No question about that. Uh, also want to uh, end the show today with a little discussion on uh, on baseball and sort of the way that we are headed. I know that everybody loves baseball and everybody wants to have sports back uh, but we also want to do it very safely. And I think that Major League Baseball is taking the right steps by putting in more reinforcements at hotels to make sure that players aren't leaving and they're doing the right thing. But if this week taught you anything, it should teach you one thing. Don't rush to judgment before we hear an entire story. Because the shiny new toy right now is everybody's focused over on the St. Louis Cardinals. Marlins won't be the first team to have an outbreak, and they certainly... They were the first, but they won't be the last. So let's keep an eye on this story. I'll have it for you all weekend long here on SportsGrid. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Craig Mish. That'll do it for the show. Thank you to Chris. Thank you, of course, uh, to Danny. And thank you to Brett and uh, our ace in the hole, as always. This show does not air without Joe Ranieri. Thank you, Joe. For Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk again on Monday. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.